Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, we're discussing the city of Worthington and some of the impending changes that you'll see there. Columbus Underground reporter Brent Warren sat down with the city's economic development director and assistant city manager, David McCorkle, and Worthington City Manager Matt Greeson to discuss the developments coming to Worthington and how they've evolved over time, how they navigate the varying interests in the city as they implement their strategic plan, and the challenges with servicing diverse communities with limited resources. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon, Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, or MORPSI, featuring stories about local and regional partners that envision and embrace innovative directions in economic prosperity, transportation, sustainability, and an inclusive Central Ohio. Morpsey's transformative programming, innovative services, and public policy initiatives are designed to promote and support the vitality and growth in the region. For more information, please visit morpsey.org. Enjoy the interview. Okay, I'm here with David McCorkle, the Economic Development Manager for the City of Worthington. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for being here today with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to have a good conversation about development and kind of planning for the future in Worthington and how that, how what's happening in Worthington sort of fits into the bigger regional picture. Um, but I wanted to start. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about your background, how long you've been at the city of Worthington, and how you ended up there. What kind of things you did before that? No, absolutely. Um, so I'm David McCorkle. I'm the uh, economic development director for the city of Worthington. And as of, uh, three days ago, I'm actually the assistant city manager as well. Um, so I, congratulations. thank you. Uh, I, I've been, I've been with the city almost five years. Uh, and previous to that, I actually worked for the state of Ohio, uh, with the department of development. Uh, so worked very closely with jobs, Ohio, and, uh, what is now the De- development services agency with the state of Ohio. Uh, working on a, a wide array of things from grants, loans, tax credits, as well as their small business development centers uh, and, and several of the, the uh, third frontier programs as well. Um, so I, I spent some time doing that uh, and then jumped at the opportunity to join the local local government ranks uh, about five years ago, uh, helping the city of Worthington with their economic development efforts. Great. So um, I covered development, transportation, and neighborhoods for Columbus Underground. And uh, you probably know we focus a lot on downtown and the kind of urban neighborhoods, but we do try and keep up with the bigger projects in uh, different suburban communities around Columbus. And I'm kind of mentioning that for two reasons. One is that I'm probably not up to date on absolutely everything that's happening in Worthington. So I'll rely on you to kind of fill me in a little bit. But the other reason is uh, there's two big ones that two big development proposals that 
have come up recently that I have covered that I definitely want to I want to talk about today. So the first one, and I'm hoping you can give me kind of a brief overview of this one just to start out with, is the shops at Worthington Place. Um, some people know it as Worthington Mall. Uh, there's a big proposal uh, that I believe is just starting to work its way through your process. Is that is that right? That's, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit, just sort of the big picture on that one? We don't need to get too uh, deep into the details, but what, what are they proposing for that one? Sure. So uh, the shops at Worthington Place, uh, most people know it is the Worthington Mall for, for nostalgic reasons, uh, has been proposed uh, by a new ownership group as High North. So High North is the name of the project. Um, they are What they're proposing is to actually uh, demolish about 125,000 square feet, so roughly 70% of the existing mall space. Uh, and they would replace that with a mix of uses. Um, what would stay in place is uh, approximately 50,000 square feet of, of restaurant space that is doing pretty well right now on the east side of the Worthington Mall. So it faces the, the Kroger there. Um, and then what would be uh, demolished is the western side of the mall and uh, potentially as a phase two, the southern side of the mall. Uh, what is being proposed uh, is, is actually uh, a mix of uses, uh, phase, they're splitting it into two phases. So phase one is uh, being proposed as an eight to 10 story class A office building. It would be uh, 100 to 125,000 square feet of space. So a little bit of that is dependent on demand in the marketplace. Um, but it's actually, what's unique uh, for this building is uh, it will actually be a four to five story office building on top of a four to five story parking deck. Uh, so uh, redevelopment is challenging and Worthington has a limited amount of uh, space for redevelopment. Uh, and so what the uh, new property own owners, uh, direct retail partners are proposing is that we actually utilize the land that we have by having uh, four to five stories of parking deck with four to five stories of office on top of it. Would that be the tallest building in Worthington? That would be the tallest building in Worthington. So currently the tallest building in Worthington is six stories. Uh, it is the Heights apartment building, which is directly adjacent. To the oh, right. Um, so current zoning, uh, our current plan actually calls for five to six stories in this location. So this would certainly push, uh, push the, um, the, the top end of the height uh, boundary that we have now. Um, but we are encouraged by the feedback we've received thus far from, from city council, from the planning commission, from the community, primarily because if you're going to have density and you're going to have height, uh, being right on I-270 uh, is probably where you wanna have it in the Worthington area, uh, less, uh, less than downtown Worthington. Mm -hmm. um, so the feedback's been great so far. So phase one would just be the, the office building. Uh, if that is successful, what they are planning to do and what they're proposing right now and trying to seek approval for is both a phase one and phase two. Phase two would have a second eight to 10 story office building, a hotel, and then another three to four restaurants uh, included as well. So a pretty, uh, um, a pretty great opportunity for the city of Worthington to add some class A office space that we don't currently have, as well as some, some amenities that some of our existing businesses have, have, uh, have asked for to help attract and retain their employees. Mm. 
Um, I think it's interesting because it's something that we are seeing all over the place where you have malls, kind of the traditional mall. A lot of them are struggling and struggling even more now with the coronavirus pandemic. And this is an example of something we're seeing other places also of kind of redeveloping those malls. Um, is this something that the city of Worthington was specifically looking for, like the office component in particular, or did the developer bring that to you and say, this is what we think will work there? So the developer uh, started having conversations with the city prior to purchasing the site. They, they acquired the site in December of 2019, uh, but the city was very uh, clear up front that income tax revenue was something that we were looking to generate as a result of any redevelopment project. The city of Worthington, un, uh, you know, not unlike many of our neighboring communities, is heavily dependent on income tax revenue for our budget. Approximately 74% of our, our budget comes from income tax revenue. And you're also, just to point out, you're landlocked, right? So there's no more, is there any like undeveloped land in Worthington? Uh, we have one site uh, that is uh, what we consider a greenfield in Worthington, and it's the United Methodist Children's Home site. Oh, so we'll get to that. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we. <laughs> I'm sure we will get to that. Um, so that is the only green space that we truly have for uh, for true development, not redevelopment purposes. And so it was very important that uh, if we have a struggling mall, and it, there there is no doubt that it is a struggling mall. Um, that we were going to take this as an opportunity to infuse it with some uses that generate both income tax revenue for the, for the city and property tax revenue for the schools. Uh, but also we're going to add some neighborhood amenities that our citizens and our neighboring businesses uh, need in order to, uh, to you know, stay relevant and stay competitive. And you're, when you say amenities, you're talking about like uh, public space or restaurants or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, public space and lifestyle amenities like restaurants. Yeah. So we we uh, we have a couple restaurants that do well at the mall, uh, but what we've heard from some of our uh, uh, neighboring businesses is that they need things for their employees to do. They need places for their employees to go and to eat at, uh, both during the day but also in the evening. And so this provides some of those opportunities. Uh, we also um, don't have a hotel. Uh, we don't have a hotel presence in Worthington, and so. Phase two would uh, provide a hotel, and we have heard from several of our uh, larger employers that that is something that that could be very important to them, as opposed to sending those those rooms to uh, to Crosswoods or Polaris or Dublin. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Because when I first heard about this proposal, my first thought was, I mean, I understand the need for office space and for your own finances for the city, definitely, but. At this point in time, it seems like the future is pretty uncertain <laughs> when it comes to office space in general and trying to predict in two years or whenever this project might be finished, is there going to be that kind of demand for that much office space? Are you worried about that? Are you comfortable with moving forward in that direction? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of folks are trying to answer that question. Um, we are... Uh, we are confident that there is demand in the market right now for uh, for Class A office space in Worthington. Uh, what I will say is we're confident uh, in the in the demand for at least the Phase One portion of this. Uh, we we've uh, we've already 
uh, heard from from the broker on this property that there is quite a bit of interest. Um, I, I don't think I don't think we fully know what the coronavirus and what the remote working and the work from home, uh, what that impact is going to be a year, two years, five years from now. Um, what I do know is Worthington lacks Class A office space, and because of our geographic location. I think we also cater to the, rem the remote workers and the businesses looking for part of their workforce to work remotely. Uh, we are very centrally located. And as a result of that, a, an employer, a, uh, a business looking for class A office space may look to Worthington as a good opportunity for their employees to spend half the time in the office or half the time at home uh, because we are so centrally located to the workforce itself. So. We uh, yeah. we also only have 23,000 square feet of Class A office space right now. Uh, we have so we have very very little Class A office space, and we we have had demand pent up demand for multiple years. Folks looking for Class A office space in Worthington, and so we're hopeful that that uh, that we position this property in a way that uh, it does fill over the next you know 12 24 months, and that it's pre leased. The developer also isn't going to construct this building speculative. So they are looking for at least 50% pre-lease before the building goes up. So we're, we're hedging a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. So you already mentioned the United Methodist Children's Home site. Um, I, we've done a series of these podcasts and they're sponsored by Mid-Ohio Planning Commission. And so we talk a lot about those issues of sort of... Um, the Inside 2050 initiative and the corridor plans that are happening now. And basically this idea that they're looking at growth in the region and how can we direct that growth toward more established corridors, you know, for a lot of reasons, but one of them is so we don't continue to sprawl outward in an unsusta unsustainable way. Um, so I think in each of these podcasts, I've talked to uh, several different people I've actually brought up that site because <laughs> I just feel like it's almost a perfect example of what those plans are talking about. I mean, it's uh, I've primed for dense, denser development. It's on a major transit corridor. I mean, in Columbus, High Street is probably at this point the best that we have. Um, it's walkable to the historic town center of Worthington. It's also walkable to like these thriving neighborhoods, all these, uh, you know, historic and uh, established neighborhoods in Worthington. And there's also, you know, there's office, there's other commercial development all right around there. So, I mean, that's how I've looked at it. And there's been a history of people trying to develop it. And I've covered it a little bit. But um, my question for you from the city's perspective, um, how do you view this site? I mean, am I uh, placing a little too much importance on it? Or is it really that key? I mean, fr from the city's perspective, is it really important that it gets developed in a kind of significant way? Uh, it's a good question. So I, I knew this one would come up. Um, it has been a, uh, let's say, controversial site uh, for the city for the last several years. We've received uh, multiple, uh, a diverse amount of interest in, in, in this site. Um, with that said, our, our comp plan does call for a, for a mix of uses and is looking to, to activate and create some vibrancy uh, along this portion of High Street. It's an amazing site. It's very centrally located. Uh, and for that reason, we do have um, competing interest in this site. Um, you may or may not know that 
there has been an effort for uh, an effort for a portion of uh, a large portion of the site to be preserved for park, um, if not all of it. But there there are competing competing interests on this site. Every everything from park to uh, what we received uh, two weeks ago from LC as a a pretty uh, dense proposal for the development of that site. Um, we're early in that process. And so we're not, uh, we're soliciting feedback at this time. Um, you know, I, I think we're still reviewing everything and we, we need to make sure that, uh, that site, uh, is striking a, whatever is done on that site is striking a balance, um, between residential office green space. Um, we know what, as Matt, Matt is well aware, what, what MORPC and Insight 2050 is calling for, um, and we're, we're confident that most people in the community would would agree that we need to be deliberate uh, uh, of of all competing interests uh, and making sure that we're we're taking those into account um, going forward. Matt, do you want to? I, I touched on the, the the peripheral about the UMCH site, but uh, do you want to talk about how that is our last uh, green? development opportunity and how we are going to strike balance because what Brent was talking about and touching on was you know this 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 could be an opportunity to to check a lot of those boxes that insight 2050 is calling for with density and centralized location and affordability on housing um Brent I'm sorry I'm speaking for you but if you've got anything yeah yeah no that's it and I know Matt you've uh you had some involvement with Morpsey right you were the the representative for Worthington for Morpsey, yeah, and I was a chair for a chair of Morpsey oh, for a couple of years right. as well. So uh, you're very familiar with with yeah. the <laughs> Insight 2050 and the quarter yeah. plans. And I was just saying that I I always bring up the the Methodist site because it just seems so perfect when you look at those plans and how they suggest the kind of sites that are right for a denser development. It just seems to check all those boxes. Um, do you want to speak a little bit to that and what the city's perspective on it and hope for it is moving forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, David, I think, highlighted that it's uh, a context-sensitive site. Um, well, let me say this. First of all, Brent, thank you for having me. And sure. My name is Matt Greeson, and I'm the city manager of the city of Worthington. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing site, right? It's uh, right in the central to the community, right across from our municipal building. And... Uh, there's not much land left like that uh, in, in, inside of two, 270 that pose the, the kind of uh, uh, special potential that it, it has. Um, for the listeners, it's obviously, it's a former institutional orphanage site, um, uh, still zoned mostly institutional except for the front 10 acres that's commercial. And so it's been a strategic focus area because we could see for a long time that it was likely going to uh, face development pressure and be an opportunity for us. And you're right. And just to um, interject, to take us back a step, it is mostly green space now, right? Yeah, it's actually uh, yes. It had it's predominantly green space um, and some old older buildings that were uh, formerly used um, uh, when the Methodist Children's Home was. Um, I mean, they're an active going social service concern, but they uh, when they had residential housing for. Uh, we're in that business um, uh, on that site. There's some buildings left from that that are no longer used. 
Um, and uh, there's a long-term land lease with the senior care facility. But other than that, it's mostly uh, an opportunity for redevelopment. Um, and it's got this, uh, you know, it's high street facing. It's got a great neighborhood behind it that's established. And it's got some natural features that are pretty cool as well. And so it, it has a lot of attributes. Um, um, and so uh, our comprehensive plan certainly calls for a mix of uses. Um, and we think it's appropriate to have uh, more activity up on High Street um, and certainly activate the High Street frontage uh, and, uh, and have something, as David uh, said, that's balanced, that's also sensitive to the, the nearby uh, neighborhoods um, or the adjacent neighborhood. So, yeah, it, it, it has an opportunity to be one of those great infill development sites um, that has really good, meaningful park space that's an attribute for the community and also kind of central to development, activates High Street, which is, uh, you know, and um, and provides a little bit of a density and office and a mixed use on High Street, but then also kind of be sensitive to the existing neighborhood. And that's the, that's the trick, right? Finding that right, right. that finding that right balance um, that, uh, that, that needs to be achieved. The Confluence cast is sponsored this week by the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, or MORPSI, featuring stories about local and regional partners that envision and embrace innovative directions in economic prosperity, transportation, sustainability, and an inclusive central Ohio. MORPSI's transformative programming, innovative services, and public policy initiatives are designed to promote and support the vitality and growth in the region. For more information, please visit morpsy.org. Do you think you'll be able to find something? I mean, because this is not the first proposal for the site, and it, it wasn't, there's been, I mean, David mentioned there's a group that was proposing or hoping to see it mostly be turned into a park. Um, and there's other groups of residents that live nearby that have come out pretty strongly against any kind of development on the site. How do you see the city and the developer that's interested in it now, how do you see moving forward to actually make something that can can come to be on that site? Well, I, I mean, I think we're early in that process. They've uh, they've made a submittal that we're quite frankly just just getting its, you know, 500 some odd pages that we're uh, as a staff just starting to go through. Um, just on first blush, it 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 it's uh, probably doesn't strike that balance in terms of its uh, uh, uses uh, being uh, um, uh, heavier on the residential side, and um, you know, not necessarily uh, having uh, um, all of the attributes that we would we would expect. Um, but we're really early and uh, we're already starting to get a lot of public input. We're not even uh, quite sure when the applicant wants to be on the planning commission agenda. Um, and so um, there's not a lot to comment on yet, but I expect that we're going to have a robust conversation about it. There's a lot of review that the city needs to do of what they've proposed uh, before we have, you know, serious and substantive comment on it. Um, and um I expect that you'll um, you'll uh, you'll hear a lot about it before before we're uh, to a point where we have a recommendation and um, um, uh, the planning commissioner council are ready to vote on it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, what do you say to somebody who, who sees that park plan and says, oh, that looks nice. Like, why can't we just turn it into a park? Yeah, I mean, I think the there there's a, a obviously a big and a serious group uh, in our community that has been uh, looking at that. Um, and to date, really, uh, uh, the city hasn't uh, been able to give full consideration to that idea. In large part, it's under private ownership. Um, it's uh, under contract with a developer. Um, it's uh, that developer um, has. Uh, uh, had a stated intent to want to develop it as opposed to sell it. Um, and they uh, obviously now have an application on the table. So as you, as somebody who watches development all the time, uh, you're well aware that our job or our obligation as a government is what well, you're right as a property owner is to ask for uh, a rezoning. And our job as a government is to give fair and objective consideration of that. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, we need to do that um, um, before we uh, could ever, you know, really fully explore uh, that idea. Right. In order for a park to happen, the presumably the city would need to buy the site. <laughs> and you're saying right now the site city is, doesn't own the site, and it's act, the site is actually in contract to a developer, which is the one that has the has the proposal on the table right, right now. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that's, um, and, and we, which we need to, we're required to, to con, you know, to go through the process to consider. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will be any, because this proposal, this latest one, doesn't seem that different in terms of its scope from the one we saw, I don't know, what, what was that like a few years ago, right? Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah. No, I, I mean, just on first blush, it looks quite a bit different. Um, uh, quite a bit more apartments, less office, which mm -hmm. is something the city has an interest in. Uh, obviously, seventy percent of our income tax revenues come uh, come from things from office uses. Over seventy percent of our budget is rooted in income taxes, which predominantly come from from offices, and we're we're interested in seeing that as a, a bigger use. Um, and so, yeah, lots more residential, less less green green space and less um uh office and um and that um that is why i made the comment that it doesn't it doesn't appear to strike the right balance at mm. this point um and uh has gotten uh, a lot of feedback from the community already <laughs> right um i'm wondering because i i recently wrote an article comparing because we had four proposals all come in sort of bubble up to the surface in the last few weeks. It was, there were the two Worthington ones, which we're talking about today. And then there was the Upper Arlington Kingsdale Mall uh, Shopping Center redevelopment proposal and the Westerville site, which is a big chunk of undeveloped land kind of across the river from mm -hmm. Otterbein University. So these all came up recently and, um, it's interesting to see the comparisons and then also to look at some places that have had more success in recent years building some of these kind of projects in established suburban communities. Um, have you reached out? Is this something that the different communities talk to each other about? Like, have you talked to Dublin about how they got 
Bridge Park built? Have you talked to Upper Arlington about some of their big projects that have been approved and are like on Lane Avenue right. that are coming through? Yeah, I mean, uh, every community is unique, uh, but also uh, there's lots of lessons to be learned from successful projects in other communities. And so, yeah, we've watched closely and uh, monitored the success of Bridge Park and Lane Avenue and um, um, and other places. And uh, and um, you know, we believe Worthington has is a great place to invest. Uh, uh, I know David talked about High North. Uh, I think we're pretty excited about. Um, about uh, the potential there um and uh, uh but every community has a site that's particularly context sensitive and um and uh, certainly uh umch is ours do you think it helps maybe to have these other projects ahead of you so people can go to them and see kind of how they turned out do you think that might help to change some people's minds in worthington i don't know about change people's uh minds i mean i think I think, uh, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, anytime we're doing planning, you know, you do development tours, you've probably done a lot of these, right? Mm -hmm. So you try to imagine as we go through like our visioning process, trying to imagine what kind of places we want to create, uh, having local benchmarks is, uh, is particularly valuable, um, to helping shape, um, understanding of different planning concepts and then ultimately potentially consensus, um, and uh yeah so i mean i think having those are all uh, great but i think in on this particular site we need to come up with something that is uniquely worthington mm -hmm. um one more thing about when i was when i wrote that article recently comparing the four different recent proposals uh, in worthington upper arlington and westerville um i noticed that none of them at least at this point and they're all pretty early in the process none of them had any sort of language about affordable housing. Is that something that the city of Worthington is looking to add? Is that something you're trying to encourage? What's what's your position on that? Yeah, I I, I mean, certainly uh, whether you use the term affordable or attainable housing is um, uh, uh, nomenclature that I've been hearing a lot uh, used in, in communities to refer to this. It's a, it's a regional challenge uh, that I think we're all going to face. And I've been you know, obviously following the housing strategy uh, that, that Morpsey has, mm -hmm. has done. Um, I would say at this point, um, we're pretty, we haven't uh, formalized um, our efforts in that regard. Um, one example where we pursued that is when National Church Residences uh, um, proposed their planned redevelopment of the Stafford Village uh, property, which is, was, uh, um, uh, affordable housing for um, uh, older adult residents and uh, had been in place for a long time since the 50s and they were redeveloping it. You know, one of the things that was really clear um, uh, when they proposed uh, redeveloping that was that the community valued um, having that as part of uh, the old Worthington fabric, that it was important to uh, continue to have, in that case, affordable housing for seniors and the debate really wasn't about um, um, that being part of our community. It was just about uh, the the density, size, number of units, and kind of look of the building and how it fit into our historical district, um, historic district. Um, so I know that's a community value. Uh, how that um, uh, translates into um, policy uh, in the coming year, two years, will be interesting. Um, 
and we'll, we're like every other community, we're at the early stages of evaluating uh, of that. Um, our community relations commission has started talking about, uh, like some other community source of income uh, legislation, mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, I expect that we'll have um, a more robust conversation about attainable housing uh, in the in the coming year. It's so also a theme. Sorry, source of income that referred that I think Bexley just passed legislation that said a landlord can't discriminate against a tenant due to the source of income. Is that is that what that means? Right. And they, and there's there's not been a lot of conversation at our community relations commission yet about it. It's a, it's a topic that's come up like it came up in Bexley. Um, and uh, I expect we'll end up at some point discussing the same thing that something similar to what they they have. But we're early in that. Um, and uh, I would say it's also uh, an issue that's uh, come up in our visioning process. Um, we've been undertaking um, uh, what we call Vision Worthington for the last year, really uh, in part wrestling with uh, this question of how we grow um, and um, what we what we want to be and how we look to try to reconcile differences of opinion, in part reconcile differences of opinion um, about, you know, where, uh, about, uh, uh, you know, the, the type of growth we want. Um, and one of the themes that clearly has coming, uh, out of that is, uh, wanting to be a, a more diverse community, uh, more equitable, um, and, uh, to explore, uh, ways we can do that. And I think, I think the housing components, one of those, mm -hmm. um, there are many, there are many others that we can, that we'll end up talking about as we, as we uh, move towards adopting the vision that that is being developed and actually figuring out how we implement it through our strategic planning. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's an opportunity as uh, you may be adding units, adding apartments, single family houses, different kind of housing to the community to, to put some sort of affordability component with those new units? So as you add in more, you're helping to diversify and create more kind of housing choices in in the city. Yeah, maybe um, the challenge in a Worthington is there's so few opportunities left, right? Um, so um, uh, the Harding Old Harding Hospital site that's owned by uh, Boundless over um, uh, off 161. Um, I know their NCR, for example, National Church Residences has had interest in. Uh, uh, part of that property over time, um, and that would be another opportunity to add um, housing uh, that um, serves uh, lower income older adults. And I think that uh, to, that we would be supportive of that to to a degree. Um, it's a big site, so there's an opportunity for other uses. Um, the uh, the and um, but. There, there's just not a lot of land in, in Worthington to, to make a giant impact um, on that from by making a policy move like that. So the, I think the question is, what else can be done um, that helps meet that need? Mm -hmm. um, you mean apart from housing or? Apart from, uh, I mean, if you had a, uh, apart from a, a code requirement mm -hmm. that, that would would or in addition to uh, I don't know uh, we haven't fully studied it um, because we don't have a, a large scale uh, greenfield um, uh, developments that 
that uh, applying something like that would make a, a large difference. Um, so the question is, how do you intermix it through our community, uh, through other strategies, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, our, our, our land value is, is so high that what, what it forces us to do is you either allow density or you subsidize. And I, you know, those are just pieces we have not fully had conversations around yet, but we understand uh, the challenges just to pencil a project if you are going to add certain types of components to it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, to sort of my last question, we've focused mostly on these two big sites in Worthington. Um, is there anything else that's happening now in, in Worthington that you think people should know about? Uh, what's, what's the next year going to look like for, for you guys? The, the additional project that I would point out is our Worthington Gateway project. So that's the redevelopment mm -hmm. of the former Holiday Insight. Uh, that has, uh, uh, true to form, has gone through multiple iterations uh, over the last couple of years, uh, with the most recent iteration uh, receiving approval for uh, five uh, commercial, both uh, um, retail restaurant and office buildings along Wilson Bridge and High Street. Um, we did have a hotel approved for that site that fell through. So we're kind of going through the process to understand what is the best fit for that remaining parcel. Um, so I think you'll see some uh, uh, pending legislation around what, what happens on that last, uh, that last parcel. Uh, but construction will start on on that building or those series of buildings probably early 2021. Uh, so I think that's something to point out. Um, and then Matt, if you want to touch on the maybe the gate. The, yeah, the so um, we've talked about uh, uh, projects that developers are uh, applying for. Uh, but one of the projects we're doing, um, uh, which is a transportation infrastructure project, is the Northeast Gateway, which is... Um, the reconstruction of the intersection where Worthington, Galena, Wilson Bridge, and um, uh, Huntley uh, come together, and it's a it's a major uh, project um, intersection reconstruction that'll that'll it'll reduce congestion in that mm -hmm. area. It will increase bicycle and pedestrian facilities, um, and, and we believe increase safety as well. And uh, investment, you know, hopefully investment also follows. Um, uh, and redevelopment follows that trans transportation infrastructure, and we're hopeful that that it'll that that investment and that gateway and all those improvements will help lead to some uh, renewal in the Huntley Road corridor, which is a which is a more of a flex office industrial corridor for us, but it's uh, vital for to our local economy. Um, and then David's been doing a lot of uh, creative work with a group of citizens uh, and businesses in response to uh, COVID. Um, and we have what we call our reboot program, which is um, has given grants to local small businesses and is going to continue to give grants. I don't know, Dave, if you want to touch on that, because we're trying to ensure that our small businesses uh, are successful and um, and rebound from uh, COVID to the best of our ability. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So it was uh, it, it was it's a group of uh, city staff, local organizations and actually small business owners. Uh, but got together and, and put this reboot team together, reboot Worthington. Uh, like Matt said, we've done grants. Uh, we do things as, as small as flexibility on parking and signage, uh, you know, to help folks through the troubling time. Um, if you've driven around Worthington, you've seen our 100 feather flags that line our commercial corridors that say we're open and open to all. And that was a very deliberate initiative 
uh, to let folks know that our businesses are open and they're open to everybody. Um, we've been flexible on our uh, events for Dora, you know, to, uh, some of the open container uh, uh, events to allow some additional outdoor events and outdoor seating uh, in, in and around our downtown. Uh, and finally, as Matt said, um, we, we are going to probably roll out a third round of, of funding to help support some of these businesses through mostly grants uh, that, that can help uh, help folks folks uh, through this difficult time. And that's city city funding. Uh, so it, it's actually it's CARES Act funding. Uh, right, um, right. But but what we've done uh, is we've actually identified uh, quite a few expenditures that the city already has that are eligible for CARES Act uh, reimbursement. And so we've attributed those expenditures to the CARES Act and we're using economic development dollars mm. for the reboot efforts. So we can be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more nimble uh, and, and uh, can, can really get out there and, and support our small businesses. And so it's been pretty well received, but uh, every week brings uh, new challenges and uh, having a group of local business owners and members of the chamber and the Old Worthington Partnership, it's been invaluable to, to be able to respond to the business community kind of in real time. Well, I think that's a good spot to end it. Uh, David and Matt, thanks for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Brent, thank you. And I uh, hope I could be helpful. <laughs> thanks. thanks, Brent. Yeah, thanks, David. Thank you for listening to Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite city manager. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.